comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. I don't want another everybody, welcome to the Walking Dead TV Podcast, episode 159. This is Russ, and with me are Craig and Aaron. Hello. Hey, guys. Hello, hello. Hey, hey I, I have to say, I have to say right away, I am <laughs> I am excited to talk about this week's episode, but my DVR was messed up, so like when I was fast-forwarding through commercials, I couldn't see like what was going on in the commercials, which means, obviously, I missed this week's episode of the Fear of the Walking Dead Flight 462. So, Can't you get, get it on to, YouTube? Oh, like, can you what get we, it? I yeah, could, I mean, but that 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 requires work. When I could just ask you guys, I can't. I could just like say right now, I can't wait when we get to the Flight Four Six Two podcast. I'm just putting. All right, that out I'll, there. I'll step in for you this week, Aaron. But I have okay. to say that uh, not to spoil anything for this show, but actually, Flight Four Sixty Two had more action in it than this entire episode did. So this is that's a all I'm going to say. Ap- all right, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know if that's we'll, a good thing or a bad thing, but we'll, we'll, we'll see as this there. goes on. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get there like 20 minutes from now. We'll get to the 5462 podcast. We will. I just, uh, I just want you guys to know, I'm, you know, I'm going to be learning this for the first time, so I'm going to be excited about it. You got it. Awesome. <laughs> I'll do it justice. It's funny because I pretty much have one word to describe uh, this week's Flight 462. So, okay. uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm seething with anticipation right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting good. That's all I'm going to say. It's getting really pretty good, actually. Finally, yeah. <laughs> and that's what most people say online. They say you have to you have to really watch the first eight episodes before it gets good in the Flight 462. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah those first eight. Invest. Just once you get through them, they're snoozers. Once you get past them, it gets really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like it's so like the worst the Netflix whole... binge you could be doing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You'd have to invest a whole minute and fifteen seconds of your time into <laughs> into getting caught up. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, I guess we start with a little bit of news. Uh, I guess the big thing on the Talking Dead they announced was that there's going to be a full time attraction, a Walking Dead attraction at Universal Studios Hollywood. Yeah. Mm, yes. Which, based on some of what they were showing, it almost seems like it's a. Like a haunted house? Yeah, well, is that what? Yeah, if you've been to Universal Studios Hollywood, I I live in the area. I have many times. I like Universal. There's a there used to be a like Universal every year they do like a, a, a Halloween thing where they have like a, they convert a lot of the park into haunted houses. And there's but there's one specific place that used to be devoted to like Universal monsters that was like a hollow a haunted house that was always there. They've closed that part off now, and I was wondering what it was going to be, and that apparently is what it's going to turn into. It's just basically a a year round haunted house that's themed after The Walking Dead. So you, you just kind of walk through a path and things will jump out at you and whatnot and it'll be representative of the of the show 
Now, I know that that in Orlando, Universal Studios, they've done the Walking Dead experience for the last couple of years, but it was around Halloween. It was only temporary. They did one, I think, around season three and then around season four, uh, maybe around season five. The last two or three years, they've done it, and then they've taken it down. So now it sounds like it was so popular, they're going to make it a permanent attraction at the Hollywood location, which I think makes great sense. I also one time did a Walking Dead. It was like a, a zombie run type of thing. It was like an yeah. experience. It was actually on the Intrepid uh, in New York City where uh, it was right around the time of New York Comic Con, you just kind of start at this obstacle, obstacle course and you just run through this maze. It was actually pretty cool. It wasn't exactly scenes from the show, but it was pretty close. They had like a school bus you walk through and I did the, you know, these uh, little military I, things. It was great. I did the exact same thing at Comic Con in you? San Diego. Uh, okay. They, they, they have Petco Park there, the uh, baseball yes. field, where they set yes. up as like, yeah, an entire obstacle course where you're walking, running up and down like the various parts of the uh, the, of Petco Park and yeah that's uh, it's fun for sure but yeah it's that's different obviously because you gotta like sign waivers and do all that and right. you're running around where this is just like a standard like walk through the haunted house and people are dressed up in costumes to jump out at you at various points kind of thing I have to say one thing though my, if, if there really was a zombie apocalypse my girlfriend would just leave me in the dust okay she ran so fast and so far away from me I'm like thanks thanks for saving me honey I really appreciate that that's uh, I'm just I'm bitten I'm dead and you're just running away from the zombies that's great thank you I think I've talked about this on like a past episode of the WDTV podcast, and I I, I mentioned I I went back and helped a guy. There was someone that was like a zombie was coming after him. Yeah, yeah. so you're Glenn, huh? I like yeah. I ran back and like just like tried to distract the zombie who was apparently very much a character because he fell for this and he just kind of came at me so the other guy could get around him and we both ran (laughs) ran away. And that was what, that's when issue issue 100 was coming out because that was like your prize for like finishing the race. You got like oh okay okay a, a paperback copy of issue 100. That's which cool. I didn't read because nice. I read the hardcovers, so I, I had this giant spoiler in my hands for a long time without knowing what it actually was. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aaron, we'll expect a full review of the Hollywood uh, Universal Studios attraction when when this opens up, Walking oh, Dead attraction. Oh, okay? for sure, I will. I will go live on my official Facebook page, <laughs> dragging Periscope my girlfriend along with me. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for them to add a VR experience to the Walking Dead experience. So, now in this experience, would you be would you be biting? Would you be a zombie in this experience, or would you be a, a person running away? It could go both ways. I feel because you. Could, it, would, I think so. Would you, you want to yeah, bite somebody think... wearing a VR system? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. So we'll see how that plan plans out. The other bit of news is something I saw today. I guess it was on Twitter that I guess Kirkman was rumored to. Um, play a. I guess he was rumored to be a part of the writers' room for this new Transformers by committee thing going on. I mean, this isn't Walking Dead specific, but it is Kirkman related. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said no, that he had to bow out. Apparently, he had some sort of throat surgery or something like that that he had to go through, and um, it was right before Comic Con where he had to miss Comic Con, yeah. and so he had to bow out of that process. But spoke very highly of the folks that are continuing on with that franchise. Well, yeah, I mean, that's. That feels more like I'm not going to say so. I mean, regardless of if he had if he had a good or bad experience, it's not like he's going to say it sucked while I was there, and I hope I never work yeah, with any of these people yes. that will give me money again. Like that's not the thing he's going to say. Like, yeah, but yeah, that's you yeah. know, I, I I recall that news as well. Where Kirkman, yeah, like the, like like you said, Russ, it's like uh, the Transformers sequels. They have a bunch of writers basically working in different groups to make these different the different upcoming films to kind of have a better. I guess feel for the characters or whatnot, and Kirkman was going to be among them, and he had to step away from it. So. He had to work on Flight Four Sixty Two, the sequel. Exactly. Yeah, that's what he's really he's shepherding that one right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the 
last thing I'll talk about, and this is sort of, this isn't really Walking Dead related, but it is in the fact that we know what's going to replace Fear the Walking Dead on Sundays on May 22nd, and that is Preacher. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Can't wait which, for that. Um, that looks which great. Had, uh, which uh, premiered at uh, South by Southwest, uh, I believe, today or yesterday. and I, I think today, yeah. and I, they, I heard great things, so I'm looking forward to it. Did they show the whole episode or just a piece of the first episode, or what did they... I'm uh... pretty sure they premiered the first episode. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. And uh, try to be careful on Twitter, because apparently Entertainment Weekly revealed like a giant spoiler or something that happens. That's like a surprise. Lovely. <laughs> because they do Well, that. I guess that does... Yeah, yeah, of course. One of the things it does confirm that is Walking Dead related is that it won't be a 16-episode straight run for Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming, although I guess it could be after. I mean, it's premiere. Oh, no, you know what? It premieres at, at uh, no, season two. It says season two finale, but that can't be right because it's Fear the Walking Dead got 16 16, episodes, so it's probably right? yeah. the mid-season finale. It's probably eight. It's got to be the mid-season. Eight, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so that's a... That's kind of what we speculated. I thought, yeah, we right? did. That it was we split did. up within the summer. Yep. Like it would mm-hmm. be like it would because April. So that goes to May. Then that goes away, and then it comes back in what like late July, August, 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 or yeah, maybe a little bit before then. And then yeah, they'll go right into October, and then continuous. So you're 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 pretty you're almost getting year round Walking Dead to a point like with <laughs> with, with like minus like sixteen minus like sixteen weeks total basically right? If I'm yeah, doing my math correctly. Well, <laughs> something yeah, like that, give or take a few time. weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe a little bit more than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think, did Preacher get, so I'm wondering if, if did Preacher get six episodes? Because normally the first season is like a six, six episode. Probably six episodes by usually, yeah. 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 I can so, try to look real quick, but I, yeah, it's probably, yeah, six, probably or, six or eight. Six or ten. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. So cool. Ten. Ten episodes. Oh, wow. Uh, ten episodes. Okay. Yeah. So that could theoretically take which us through the summer. Then that that could take us into May the summer. To, that would yeah. go May to like mid August, which is when the first season of Fear of the Walking Dead premiered. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that makes sense. So we'll go. Yeah, we'll have Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead, Preacher, Fear of the Walking Dead, and then Walking uh, Dead eventually, Sunday. Eventually, uh, time eventually, I assume uh, Chew will get an adaptation too. So AMC will just have Chew, Preacher, and Walking Dead like all over the place. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be awesome. That just, just feels right to like join this this league of a uh, of a uh, graphic novels on AMC. Are they bringing it, it back it, into the Badlands? Yeah, it got renewed for a second season. Yes, so there you go. It did. Okay. Can't wait to get your your spoiler filled teasers for the next week's episode of Walking Dead. On Don't Insta get Badlands me. They better not do that again. They better not do that again. But it worked apparently since it got a second season. Maybe they'll up it. Watch two scenes from the next season of Walking Dead if you watch two straight commercial breaks of Into the Into the Badlands. We'll bury the preview somewhere in the second half of Into the Badlands on AMC. Get the exclusive teaser of Flight 462 Season 2 during the third commercial break for Into the Badlands. This is getting ridiculous, man. This is just too much. <laughs> I'm glad it's back. I'm glad Halt and Catch Fire got a third season, which really shocked the hell out of me. Like it's I put me to sleep that show, man. Expect- I can't, I can't keep up with it. It's oh, like, man, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I love it so much. I'm looking forward to Mr. Robot coming uh, back. I was, we were talking about earlier. I think that's a great one on USA. This is a great episode of the yeah. Walking Dead TV podcast, by the way. We <laughs> <laughs> talk about everything, but the guys, how cool is this? <laughs> Yeah. All right, um, t- tell Jim he doesn't have to do nothing's on. Okay, we're doing it for him. This is a special episode. Of that. Yes. Nothing's on. Yes. Oh, there, I will say this: there was uh, more Walking Dead news. Uh, the Michonne um, Telltale Games miniseries—that's the second episode—is coming out uh, March 
uh, 29th. Oh, and there's good. A new, there's it's a new pretty quick. trailer up for it. So, like, the second episode of the three part miniseries Michonne Walking Dead Telltale game. So Nice. I'll have to catch up on that for sure. All right, so let's get into it. The Same Boat, episode 13, season six. Uh,. I you know I I don't have a ton of notes. Well, I guess I do have quite a few notes, but it just I get this was kind of like a character study, obviously, yeah. for this episode more so than anything else. Uh, and I thought it was extremely well done. Um, and I liked the fact that uh, you kind of like we called it last week that this would be the Carol Maggie centric episode that we probably wouldn't see a whole lot else going on in the episode and that's pretty much what happened i mean this you know obviously we got a little bit of rick uh, and crew at the end but 90 percent of the episode was just um paula and her crew and uh, maggie and carol and you know started in the beginning where we kind of back up from the end of the previous episode a little bit uh, you know where we find out how maggie and and carol get kidnapped or captured um, and it was funny cause I thought, so when, the, when it first starts and then, and you know, Carol's like, look, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. And Maggie wants to go help him. And of course, Maggie should have listened to Carol right off the bat, but she didn't. Um, and when Carol shot that guy, I was like, okay, the, my first instinct was you could shoot zombies in the head from a hundred yards with a pistol you know, waving in your waving in the air, but this guy's coming up to do something and you shoot him in the arm. And that bothered me for a little bit. You didn't, uh, you didn't realize that she purposely missed at, at first. first I no, didn't, either. I, I really, but didn't. then later on, I okay. really yeah, didn't. I mean, I should right. have, I, cause I, was, I mean, you see her like she hesitates and she, you can see her like aiming right at, you can see where she's aiming. And then she just, she, you can see her kind of move her arm to the side and just go, Nope. I'll just wing him. Cause yeah, I'm in the first watch, I didn't catch this. Yeah, I didn't catch it, but on the second watch, you see, you're right, you see her, she's aiming for his head, then she kind of deliberately moves to the right and down, and then kind of wings him in the arm. And I guess part of it was I was still in the mode of Carol being the badass, like Carol, you know, wanting, you know, being the killer, and not realizing how much of a conscience of crisis that she's really going through, or that she has been going through. Um, I mean, which the- which becomes apparent in this yeah, episode. obviously the episode goes over that in full and this is just kind of the start of it but i'm a little surprised russ because last week you were kind of advocating how carol might be having a change in conscience and whatnot and here's an episode that begins right away with me thinking hey russ was right about that here we go we're gonna see a whole episode devoted to carol dealing with her like sudden you know conscience that's coming out of you that's emerging from her you know pragmatic sense of ability to i should actually think about some of the things that i'm doing here I mean, she's in full, like, Morgan yeah, I mean, mode now. I mean, if we think about it, up until a certain point in this episode, she's just... Kind of. She's debating the thoughts, because, you know, she still does cap a few people at the end of this episode, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah she's but it took a while to get her to that a, point. It took a... Yeah, took I mean, some, yeah. It, it would, as far as, like, overall thoughts, like, a, like kind of a brief thought of this episode, I think it's I think it's mostly well done. I think It's certainly a good episode, and I certainly because of what Carol adds to it. Um, I think that... It's a thing about the show in general where I'm like, it's become a little too comfortable in not killing people off where I'm like, I'm not worried about Maggie and Carol too much to really be focused on 
whether or not they're going to die this time it's just more of like all right i'm just gonna sit back and wait for things to actually happen so in that regard it's like all right it's a little, little stale watching very cartoonish people and alicia witt try to present themselves as a threat when i know nothing's really going to happen to them but i do like all the carol stuff that's going on which is that's two weeks in a row of great carol stuff so i you know kudos to the show on that front yeah it definitely felt like a yeah. little bit of a bottle episode i mean it really was it was shot 99 percent in one set one room and it looks like they blew the budget from last week's episode completely out of the water they had to dial it back a little bit and okay that's fine this television i guess it has to happen and it was definitely a waltz or a a dance between two main characters, Alicia Witt and and Carol Melissa McBride. Uh, I didn't have any big problems with it. The only note I did put is, I mean, we could handle maybe another B story somewhere. I mean, we didn't have to spend the whole episode in this room. We could have maybe jumped to something else. But then again, I'm thinking where? Like, we want to see Rick just running towards the building. I mean, basically, you'd get shots of them tracking where the group was. Tracking, but feel, yeah. But I mean, I feel like that's. I think you've seen that before. We've seen that, so... I, 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 I can okay. praise the show to a point for being ambitious in terms of... Here is a, and what I you know kind of like about this episode is that it's written by Angela Kang and it's featuring all females as the kind of lead characters. Like the second the one guy that got shot in the arm speaks up, he gets beaten up by you know two of the women in the episode. Like, Poor old Donnie, not, he didn't he didn't yeah. stand a chance, did he, with all the no, women yeah. around him? Yeah, yeah. This is this is an episode for the women. I mean, which is you know not that's not a not a not a joke or anything like that. It's just no, a, no. Like, yeah. I could say it's a it's something you can try to appreciate. I would have liked it more of. You know, the other characters were also interesting in some way instead of just like, I'm the one that smokes and hates religion and I'm the one that's a hard ass all the time. But besides that, it's like, all right, well, we're, it's <laughs> a novel idea of how to approach this episode. That's it. You mean Shell and Malls? Is that you talking about? Good old they Shell names? and Malls. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. I like how the one thing they convey is that these people are fairly highly organized. Uh, you know, they, they put the, not hoods, but they put the jackets over Maggie and Carol's head. And it seems like the thing that kept going through my head is when they covered up Carol's head, she was looking down at her feet. I almost could sense that she's counting steps, like she's counting paces. She's paying attention to the direction she's being mm. turned, almost like she's trying to keep track of it. They never said it. They never made it seem like that was going, what was going on. But it, but it was almost like she was trying to get clues as to what direction and how far away they were. Um, I agree. I, uh, and I, I think, um, I, I honestly think that if Carol wasn't having this kind of crisis of conscience at in this episode, that she probably could have gotten them all out of there within like five minutes. But because she was, she's like, all right, yeah. I guess I'll let these yeah. people live for a while so they can talk, and then I can figure my my stuff out in my head right now. But she could have easily probably broken everything out, killed everybody in the room, got out of there, got Maggie out of there, got back to Rick right away. But she you know, decided not to do that this time. She got she got info. She was sitting there while pretending to be one person. She was certainly gathering her own form of intelligence from them and the way she asked her questions, which I thought was among the number of clever things she did in this episode. But yeah, I, I completely agree, Russ. I think she was easily probably uh, just considering where she was to find a way out if need be. It was yeah. a cool point of view shot, you know, definitely with the camera pointed down. And you do hear Carol panting or breathing heavy. It's not Maggie. It's definitely Carol that we're seeing her point of view at that point, I think. And then they, it was very well done. Yeah. I agree. Uh, but, but, you know, before she gets carted away, I like the little negotiation scene between, uh, you know, Alicia Witt and, and, and Rick. Uh, that was really cool with the walkie-talkies and, and just, it was cool. It was a good little scene. I, I did like that. 
I, I like how highly organized they are. I mean, they're talking about switching channels. They're talking about, okay, if you don't hear from me in this time, during this time frame, switch over to this channel, and this means that. Yeah, it's like and a, you know, uh, Tango channel, was it Theta channel, Gamma channel, or something yeah. like that. It's like, okay, all right. I mean, I, it's cool. I mean, yeah, this isn't your run-of-the-mill you know, group of you know yokels that they're running into. I mean, these people are, like I said, they're, they're trained. They're, they have it together. Uh, which is something we haven't really seen to this level, you know, where, where they've encountered people, um, you know, that have that, you know, this much together. I mean, you know, the Alexandrians obviously had, you know, their, you know, their fortress built or whatever you want to call it, their, their community, um, built, but they were just kind of living safe behind the walls. And that was their strategy. The term, the terminus people were just, you know, insane cannibals. I mean, the terminus people, uh, they you know, did have their sense of, I mean, we just never really saw them outside of their own world. Like within their world, they were fairly yeah. organized and it just, it just took a giant explosion by Carol to disrupt that organization. But for the most part, they, they seem to yeah. have everything under control inside. <laughs> right. Right. I would right. say but the most comparable <laughs> would be to the, to the, uh, to the governor and his people. Like they, they, they don't sure. know what's going on and they just had a crazy man leading them where, yeah, I agree with you here. They're much more organized. These people, the um, saviors. Apparently, yes. I mean, so we can say they're trying to plant those seeds. We'll, we'll actually see, I'm sure, soon. But uh, I mean, I guess they are organized too. You're right because they, they've had these little, little safe houses with fuel in them, and we saw the gas cans in inside the kill room of of this um, of the building that we go into. So yeah, I guess they they have a com- complete layout of safe houses they can go to and radio I mean, they communications. Have a sat- they- they have a satellite base that's literally a satellite. Yeah, like, it's, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I, I get that said. <laughs> here we go. Um, they're organized, sure, and they seem like they know what they're doing, except when Rick and the gang are around. Because when Rick and the gang are around, they just get wiped yeah. out completely. No questions asked. <laughs> like they are not, they are not good in battles against Rick. Which I, I mean, we're getting to Negan. Obviously, we're getting there. Um, I don't care what people say as far as we're all Negan. There's, you know, we all we obviously know there's a there's a central Negan. Yeah. I um, mean, the Negan brain trust that we're being lured into, but um, I I feel like we're being cozied into a sense that Rick and the gang just they're better than everything, and that's gonna like that's gonna fall flat on its face once we finally actually meet Negan or a group that's more powerful than the ones we've encountered so far between Dick motorcycle people and evil bearded people and then a group of very angry women (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I think part of it i wonder if it's just they're not used to this right they're you know used to like the hilltop people Mm. or whoever else they've come across that they've been able to either steamroll over or intimidate and so i think some of that is they're just used to okay we're going to come across some people and we're just going to overpower them you know because we're so organized and they finally come across a, a bunch of people that have been battle hardened for you know how many ever years or months have you know have gone by since this thing started and just gone from one crisis to the next and you know have having to survive you know on their wits and it, and it being a tight you know almost almost like a like a delta force or like you know like a seal team six kind of thing with rick's group where they don't have the huge numbers but they're a well-oiled mm, yeah. machine and you know with i think with negan it's more We've got a ton of people, and we just overwhelm you with force and the threat of. They're more like mercenaries versus elite ops. Like Rick's team is elite ops, and these guys are just a bunch of ragtag mercenaries that are, you know, they have some guns and they have some radios, and they've got a biker gang and they've got a satellite compound. But you know that (laughs) it's that it's all fair. It's I think it's 
for me, it's that eight episodes is a long time, and so we're doing a lot to kind of stave off the introduction of a Negan character, which I just feel like I have to assume is going to be the finale at this point, um, just because right. the I impact agree. that he's supposed to eventually have that I think is implied by the show is that one that would be the kind of thing that you know sets you up for the end of a season as opposed to is you know next week or the week after and we only have three episodes left but with with that in mind because of it taking so long to set up this epic finale some might be like me might be a little more tired of you know saviors that get killed by rick more than others who are just like oh i can't wait to meet the leader of these saviors (laughs) every savior that rick's encountered or rick's gang is dead at this point yeah every single one i mean the biker gang blown the smithereens the satellite uh, house was totally destroyed <laughs> this this group of ladies was gone i mean that's it it's a lot of losses for negan's team so far and and rick suffered nothing no casualties for him so far. not a scratch <laughs> right no, you're right no. <laughs> which which again is more and more ominous that that you know that that score is going to get balanced out a little bit if nothing mm-hmm. else but also it i think it sets up a little more what the book didn't do is the fact that when Negan comes in, presumably will come in and come down hard, that he's got a little more impetus for it mm. than maybe. It, yeah. I think in the book they could get a the way they, not to spoil anything, but the way they make him kind of like insane and crazy, but in a different way than the governor. Um, it they can't really do in the in the TV show. Uh, you know, I, th- I think they have a lot of liberties when it comes to. You know, violence and language and stuff like that, but it, it, they won't be able to touch yeah, what. what ba- they based do off in the, the way the show has set itself up over the years, I can understand, and obviously just based off what what is allowed on television, I can understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To a point, um, I, I thought it was funny. There's we've seen some yeah, crazy yeah. things in recent weeks involving <laughs> the show. Well, that's true. That is yeah. true. But I mean, just think of the, the head count, though. Uh, I mean, Rick's they've they've already killed like maybe thirty people so far of Negan's group. At least, if not, I mean, the five more. on the road, the satellite people, God knows how many there were there, and then the little gang that showed up to rescue the girls today. That was another four of them, five of them. I mean, it's <laughs> at least 35, three, 40 three people. Three more that were burned trying to save the That's women, what I meant, so. right. Yeah, so it's like, uh, <laughs> Primo, he's he's gone. I mean, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, they we're, we're, we're due for something, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. Uh I love how it's funny when they first show Alicia Witt's character and she's outside when they've got Carol and Maggie, she looks terrible. I mean, like purposely terrible, like the, the, you know, it's, it's not even like a person without makeup. Like they purposely put makeup on her to look like she's, she's, uh, you know, she's, she's had a rough time. And then it seemed like, I don't know, maybe I was the only one to notice it, but then when they show them inside the facility, after they bring uh, Carol and Maggie there, she's like, her makeup is better. It's, it's almost like I was like, it's almost yeah, like a little continuity issue there. It was just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was a little <laughs> jarring. It's the lighting in that, that, that terrible burning room, the kill room. You know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's the kill. It's just much better in there. That's what it was. Yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah. Okay. It's all the lighting. It's soft lighting. It's all what the lighting. What do we think of Alicia, Alicia Witt's character overall? I wish she was still alive. She was complex. I liked her. I like the guy that was on the bike that I they like killed her. off that quick, too. I mean, back uh, with Negan's gang. Those are two characters that could have been really interesting, although I'm sure for Hollywood reasons they couldn't sign them to multiple episodes. Well, maybe Alicia Witt couldn't, but the other guy could have. I mean, 
you know, it just it, it, I would like to see those characters develop and, and become larger characters in the show, but couldn't happen. I, I mean, I could I could see that happening just because you know you have some you know good decent actors there that can kind of do what they need to do to create a persona. At the same time, I I, I you know they the they the show wrote. Uh, Paula a certain way where I get what she had to offer and I'm not sure what else she could I mean obviously they could flesh things out more if they wanted to carry it on but I mean the purpose of her character was to just show kind of like a younger version of Carol who's who's on the if Carol's on the you know the side of the force she's on the dark side and she's going to continue sliding down that way and it's neat it was neat it was neat to see the kind of back and forth between someone who like Carol who's more experienced than Paula is, but Paula's on the way to becoming someone like Carol if she kept going, but in a, to a darker degree than Carol has become. I mean, I, I could see her even going Paula, I yeah. mean, or Alicia Witt, get, going toe-to-toe with Rick. Uh, she held her own really well in those little conversations on the walkie-talkie. I mean, she wasn't intimidated by him, and she wasn't second-guessing. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a walkie-talkie. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I mean... That could have been I a mean, pretty I, cool I, story, I, you know, her going against I'm him. way weaker than the than the macho facade that I put on on this podcast, but, I mean, I'm talking through a microphone, so it's much different. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> Are you done recording up there, Aaron? Yes, dear. I'll be right down, honey. Uh, I, I guess I would have liked to have seen maybe Carol have, like, a nemesis, you know, like somebody. Well, that's Morgan. That With an axe to grind. <laughs> Against Carol, <laughs> that's Morgan. <laughs> um, yeah, that is Morgan. You're right. Although just, she's turning you know, into Morgan. Yeah, because, yeah, I, I kind of ultimately see this as like a Negan and Rick face off, kind of like you know the governor. You know, it's <laughs> it's like the two alphas of the group kind of facing off against each other. I think it would have been kind of cool to have somebody carry on to be almost like a B plot rivalry uh, to to the to the A plot, but. Uh, but I, I get it. I mean, I get the purpose of what they were trying to do with her character and, and why she was there and how they picked her to play off of Carol. I, th- I think it was really, really well done. That's, that's the stuff to me that, that really worked. Well, yeah, she had the most character um, to work with as opposed to, again, I smoke cigarettes and yeah. I'm going to be really just mean. Oh, the by the way, time. I'm dying yeah, of lung like, cancer. It's just like, <laughs> these, these, are, these are cartoons. These aren't, these aren't people. You're yeah. one of those. Like, yeah. what? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as soon as she started coughing, I'm like, okay, where's the handkerchief yeah. going to come out? She's going to spit blood. Oh, there it is. There it is. Oh, but yeah, Alicia Witt's character, I mean, Paula, she she had, you know, she talked about, like, her past. Like, I mean, they really condensed, like, a giant arc for her in this episode to make sure, you know, you understood this character. You can relate to that person in some way or at least see the thematic connections going on in this episode. So that's why she sticks out, why she works. And, yeah, it's, it is tragic to a point, especially if you get what Carol's doing where she's – she doesn't want to have to kill these people. She'd want to, in her own way, I guess, be something like Morgan, where she could adopt them into their society or do something that's different than just, you know, shooting one in the head. Then she does that. Yeah. <laughs> so I will back this up. I have not – I still need to catch up on Fear of the Walking mm-hmm. Dead, which I will before season two starts. Um, but after seeing this, I'm like – and I know the the criticisms behind the Fear of the Walking Dead. I'm like, man, wouldn't it have been awesome if Fear of the Walking Dead was just about Alicia's Alicia Witt's character? Like, if, if Fear of the Walking Dead would have started off in that office and building, we, we and toyed with that. When we talked about that. Like, would it would be south? cool to have crossover? Yeah. Like, you know, maybe seeing the governor before it all fell apart. He was on a business trip to L.A. or something like that, or you know, Andrea. Or but 
we definitely toyed with all that well, back yeah, then. Well, yeah, it'd be neat if Fear the Walking Dead was more of like an anthology series that just follows various characters that we might already know or ones that we don't know and just what led up to, like, I mean, that'd be that'd be super cool, yeah. I would say, right? Like, that's what the uh, the webisodes like were the origins. to a degree. Like, you know, okay. Yeah. Carol Peltier, Origins. Yeah. Okay, got it. Walking Dead Origins is a better title than Fear the Walking Dead, by the way. Just so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I so, agree. did you guys buy it when Carol was hyperventilating? I didn't really... I mean, was she really hyperventilating there, or was, she, was this part of her no, SEAL Team made, stuff? She was making it okay. up. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I, 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 totally. bought that, I bought the fact that she was doing an act that would be convincing to others. I would say that, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I have no question that she was going through a crisis of conscience. And I played around with this a lot because I was in my head. I was back and forth with, is she in psychopath mode and she's just totally playing these people? Or is she really having this crisis of conscience where she's not sure if the right thing to do is to go total Carol mode on everybody in here? Uh, And I think maybe it was a little bit of everything because part of it, I think she got to that point where, she wanted more information. And obviously it was almost kind of like, you know, black widow and the Avengers, right. Where she's sitting in the chair and she's like, you know, you know, and, and, and Coulson wants to pull her out and she's like, you know, this idiot's telling me everything. And I kind of got a little bit of a sense with that too, that she was playing up the, the weak, uh, you know, innocent person to, to gather more information about these Mm. people and who they are. Yeah. It's, I, I, I really like the whole career. Like, I love the second they, you know, walk out of the room and Alicia Witt says, she says some pretty badass lines. It's like, just 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 try me as far as, like, trying to escape <laughs> or whatnot. And you see, you see Maggie trying to, like, figure out a way to get loose. And Carol just calmly, like, sits there. She grabs the beads from that guy's rosary leg beads, to take yep. the cross, mm-hmm. the rosary beads, puts yeah. that in her pocket. And I was like, what is she going to do? Is she going to use that to cut herself out? It's like, no, she put it in her pocket. And then the second she grabs it, like when they re- when she gets her gag off and she like does that, it's like this is this is awesome. I love how clever this is. She <laughs> took this thing to make herself to make others think that she was a certain. She was way. weak. I mean, right. uh, yeah, yeah, it just it, it was it was impressive to see just that kind of thinking going on. Yeah, it was it was cute to see her protest the smoking mall lit the cigarette and you know oh please don't smoke around the baby and. Uh, With that said, I mean, it's I mean obviously she's creating a persona, but I I would I. Along with the con- crisis of conscience, I do think she has legit concerns for Maggie. I, oh I yeah, don't think that's big time. That's, that's, that wasn't that's, oh, not, that's not coming. Right. In, that's not coming out of, out of nowhere. Like she is, she's not playing up the idea right. that Maggie's pregnant. We need to protect Maggie. Like she has concerns. I mean, she brought that up before they got attacked last episode. Yeah. Were you a little surprised that Carol gave that up? Like that she said, you know, don't hurt the baby, and Maggie was like, yeah, I'm probably two months along. Like it just seemed like that would be something you would want to protect. Well, I mean, protect. And not say could lead to them hitting her, and then she says it, and it's like, well, I should have brought that up earlier because yeah, now the baby's possibly damaged. That's I true. mean, it seems like if you have it, that that's a kind of trump card to play. You might as well play that one sooner because the uh, the the downside of that is if you don't play it soon enough, there could actually be some damage to the thing you don't want to have happen. I guess, but I just you know think it's almost like that's a sense of vulnerability. It's like okay, now they have you know if you're going to have to torture one against the other you know, that's, that's who you go to, you know, you're going to get, you know, Carol by showing her concern right off the bat for that. It's like, okay, that's their in to get at her. Uh, I don't know. It just, it, 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 it didn't bother me. I just, it, it just kind of made me think a little bit and just kind of taken aback for a second. I was but like, wow, maybe because it was, was, say I was maybe because I, it wasn't men that were holding her hostage. Maybe she knew that if she played to that pregnancy, 
status of Maggie, women would have more sympathy for yeah, that. Maybe that's my thought on that. When I think she, I think Carol did a good job just reading the room. Essentially, not necessarily gender specific. I think that does play into it, perchance. But I, I would say she had a feel for what the people would respond to, and then enacted that kind of, uh, you know, tactic. I would, I would say, I agree, Russ. I was kind of surprised that she brought it up early. I wouldn't play down the. I, I wouldn't say it's like a bad thing she brought, brought it up early, but I, I, I could, I agree that I was, I was slightly no, no. jolted by. Oh, she brought that one out. All right. <laughs> she beats the hell out of uh, what's his name, Donnie, when he gets up. Okay, I mean, they all do. do. Maggie has a nice <laughs> headbutt, though, man. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Maggie's not messing no, around. Yeah, that was so awesome. like, by the time she gets to starts doing nope. stuff, she's not messing around. <laughs> she she destroys smoking lady. She destroys oh, yeah. her, like just like gun butts <laughs> the hell out of her. It it almost felt like Maggie was becoming yeah. Carol. You know, just you know, I don't know if it's the protective mother instinct that was kicking in or what, but we've kind of seen a side of Maggie in the last couple episodes that we haven't really seen before i mean we've seen shades of it but she just seems extra fierce like there were times you know that especially when when you know she headbutted that dude like she was almost feral i mean just like just just totally in the in the moment and i was i was getting a little concerned about that and then of course we get to the end and you know she tells you know she mm-hmm. when she tells glenn she's like i can't do this anymore i was like wow like th- th- this experience really did a number on her for a variety of reasons. Obviously, I'm sure getting slashed in the stomach and and oh, it, it missed her they, stomach. It got her shirt. It got her, it got her right. shirt. <laughs> no. Well, I thought there was some no, blood. No. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, okay. it was close. I, I think I think Chell was aiming for was for her, like aiming for the baby. But well, she but, was aiming. I, no, she was she was aiming she, to oh, get okay. her. And then, but that, but what I liked about sure. that, what I liked about that scene actually, is that when she did like slash and she saw Maggie look down. That's why she let her guard down because she realized Maggie's telling the truth and that this is an actual like regardless of if she, if she thought that it was the truth or not, she realized the kind of the stakes of this fight that they're having right now could almost harm this baby that she realizes is actually true because Maggie's very concerned about this hole that she got in her shirt all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. And then Carol, right. you know, Carol goes, finally snaps, <laughs> snaps back into reality. So. But didn't she get kicked in the stomach uh, though at one she point? Got, like, punched? She a got punched. Punch. She got body punch. I don't think it was a stomach punch. It was yeah, like she, they had a little, little tussle in the hallway. But we, I guess we can get. To, I mean, we can get to that if you want. I mean, I mean, even if it was a, regardless if it was a stomach punch or I mean, it's it's not necessarily the the absolute death of a baby. Uh, no, but, no, no, yeah, no. I mean, it, there there is you know, there's cause for alarm. Yes, as far as Maggie's treatment in this episode. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like the scene going a little further where where Chell was talking to um to Maggie. And you see her cut off Pinky, and yep. as he was kind of interrogating yes. Maggie, and I was like, "Wow, that's pretty pretty shocking." And uh, she had a couple of good lines in there. She goes, "You're not the good guys. You should know that." And the way you stay alive is you produce for us. So again, we're getting little threads and little crumbs about the saviors. Some more, anyway. That you're not the good guys line is that that is a great line of this this kind of half season here, and as far as kind of seeing. Where things are evolving, obviously that you know that up to last week where we have Rick and Glenn going around and you know killing people in their sleep, and it's I I want to see this theme brought out more because obviously we're not going to get perspectives too yeah. often that you know go against Rick because Rick's our hero, quote unquote. <laughs> but at the same time, if the show can dabble with what that really means to you know, if you look at these guys from a different way, 
they don't really seem like the good guys. They seem like they might be doing something for a purpose, but at the same time, are those do the ends justify the means? I guess, which is something the show is very much dabbling in lately. Like we've only heard of the saviors only killing that yeah, one person, right. and that was apocryphal. That was just a story that the Hilltoppers told. Who knows if it's true? But that they killed that sixteen-year-old kid or whatever at Hilltop. I mean. So far, oh, they're cutting off pinky tips. Yeah, all right, all right, yes, and cutting off a, a pinky tip. <laughs> yes. Now, here's a question: the the ones that Daryl ran into in the sp- burned out woods, and they say we're not going to kneel anymore. Were they were they escapees from Negan's group from the Saviors? We're not going to kneel anymore. We're tired of kneeling. It was that the diabetic girl and the ones that What's stole, that? you know, the other girl and the guy. The one that's the one that's got yes, Daryl's that Daryl has um, back now, but yeah, yeah. That's a good question. Did we, I think we, that's how we talked about this too last season because we, I think we we're speculating about that because there was like a different group going right. after them and no one really said Negan nope. or anything of that nature. But w- would we think it's a satellite, another like satellite group from Negan's or was it just it probably was Negan's group? group now looking uh, back. I mean, but where's the whole kneeling thing come in? I don't, I guess we'll see that later on. I'm, I'm sure, but. But th- that's the thing though. I don't, I don't, I still don't think it was necessarily oh, okay, Negan's okay. group. I feel like that was a, that seemed. I don't know. There was there was a pretty prominent uh, scene from a comic book that comes out monthly where people were kneeling at one point and it didn't okay. end well. All so. right, fair. So maybe yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get to that point then. Well, remember because they like obscured like the main guy, but that wasn't like, like right. He even had a he, name yeah. He had, he was yeah, like, wasn't he had the black amazing. boots like Rick? What was yeah. his name? I forget yeah. his name now. But yeah, right. You didn't see his face. You just saw his like jeans and his boots and yeah. It could be another community. That's what I was thinking because, well, I guess we'll find out more once we find out how Daryl got the bike back. If we if we do, I mean, I guess well, maybe we won't because Primo's dead now, so we're not going to know how how the bike got got back to Daryl. But who knows? Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I think the the big we'll get to that at the end. But I think that was the biggest thing attached to the bike, not so much like how it got where it was, but but Daryl's reaction to getting <laughs> it back, but. But you know, we've we've one of the things I have in my notes, and we've kind of touched on this, and we'll touch on it further. Is the 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 whole comparison of Paula and Carol that you know one is the other, uh, which which is pretty much the the theme of this episode. But uh, but before we get further into it, it is time for flight four six two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Aaron, and here it is. If you're ready for it, okay. Flight 62, 462, here's your update. The walker that was shot a million times finally was killed by the Asian lady after the guy that looks like Tobias took the uh, a spike and he drove and she drove it into his head. Okay. But at the end of the scene, we see that one of the bullets may have cracked the window of the airplane. The window starts cracking. Oh, no. And that's the end of Flight 462. Oh, Standing right now. Oh my god! It was god. a knitting needle that did him. That did that knitting needle. Thank you. Walker, That's what it was. Okay. Walker. Oh good. Was, he grabbed it out of the the, the map, map pocket of or whatever the, the magazine pocket of another seat and gave it to the Asian lady. Was the yeah. was the chubby kid featured? Yes. <laughs> I'm calling him the one that looks like looks like Toby. Oh, that's the, the Toby look alike. That's the guy that looks like Toby. Okay. And he walked. Right. Yes, like the, the kid on right. the arms of the chairs to got to it. get to get to it so oh man they got a connection yeah it was real it was real nail biting for a minute it was yeah. really good but she 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 drove it in nicely it was a nice nice sound but then the window starts cracking oh man it starts okay. with just a little tiny hole and then it spiders out <laughs> into a really big one and then boom heating up you called that russ you called that man the guy fired all those bullets he said something's going to go bad here yeah. with that yeah heating up Tensions ruling. Okay, that was the Flight 462 podcast. That was the Flight 462. Was that satisfying? That was, was that good. good? Yeah, that was good. Up. Good up. Okay. <laughs> that was a lot more action than we had in this whole episode, pretty much. So, I mean, that's uh, there was a lot going on there. Yeah. Tense. Tense moments. Very tense. 
Do you like one that little dialogue we... between uh, between Paula and Carol? I don't know if it happened before after Flight 462. I think it was a little bit before, but either way, if Paula asked Carol why. Like finally, she asked him, "Okay, why did you attack us?" Like, like she finally wanted to know why. And Carol says, "Look, five of you, you I mean, your guys ambushed us on the road. You said we're going to take everything." And and Chell says, uh, "Oh, now we know what happened to T's group." So they're finally putting the pieces together that it was Rick's group that took out and blew to pieces the biker gang, and it's all kind of coming together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and when she's interviewing Maggie, she says that, uh, you know, I went looking for, I think she said, I went looking for Frankie. Right. And she's like, oh, did you find him? And she's like, well, all there was was a bunch of pieces. And uh, so I, yep. and, and it turns out Frankie was her father. So she, you know, the reason she got her pinky uh, cut off or part of it cut off was because she was stealing gas to, to go find to her father. To missing group. Yeah. Yeah. To, to go find her father from this missing group, and you know we. Find well, it wasn't out her father? I think it was her boyfriend. No, she, she, she was said. dating. She was dating someone, one of the guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought it was her father. The father was the name on the tattoo, but the uh, guy oh, she was okay. looking no, said, for no, the, was the, somebody it said else. Frankie. It said Frankie on the tattoo. Right, and that was her dad. That okay. was her dad. Right. She said that was her dad. Yes, but. But the guy she was looking yeah, for was called something she, else. She asked, she asked if Carol or Maggie asked if that was his name. She said, "No, that's my father." Or whatever. Right. Okay. Like, all she, right, all right. she was looking for someone who was her, like her boyfriend or whatever. Her boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. I got mixed up because I thought she said, "Well, he she said, said who's the father?" And she said, "Oh, just some guy or something like that." So yeah. I just it was kind of a weird conversation, but hmm. there was a connection there between you know them, obviously. So that, yeah. That, didn't work too well in their favor either knowing that that group was responsible but i like how carol paid it up played it off because she said from us like carol put it in that she was there firsthand when all that happened well i don't know i think she said it more as a collective group like you know you attack your your people attacked your people, us yeah. not me like us you know and right wanted to take everything that we had and you know she said it like that and it was i don't think it matters that much i think right. it's just more of like she gave a reason of why they attacked and then she's you know in 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 her in her you know assumed character of like I'm sure. this weak person but the, my group tried to stop your group from taking our things right kind of thing and, that and malls was like oh they probably put on a big show they probably you know did said this and did that and well they did they basically which that <laughs> that felt like one of the more like this is this is women understanding what these like big men were doing kind of scene of like, yep, that's, that's exactly what happened. Cause it's true. They didn't try to put on like a big show. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to kill you. Yeah, yes, it, we are. No, drag, we're not. Yeah. Drag, yeah. you drag the whole thing out. Makes they sound all macho on their big motorcycles and everything. He's like, she gets it. Like she knows, she knows what they're doing. Eat true, chew, swallow, repeat. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Put on your, put on your show. Yeah. Now a couple times in the episode, Paula was talking to Rick to kind of negotiate what was going on. And the whole time, it was meant to stall until her help could get to this facility. Right. And then they would, you know, kind of have their cake and eat it too, meaning they could they could take everybody out at the same time. But she yeah. was keeping Maggie and Carol alive to kind of hedge her bet, you know, in case they found her. And she, she even put two and two together. Like, when they first talked to Rick, it was real staticky, a lot of breakup in the conversation. Then she talked to him a little later, and it was more clear. And so she's like, they're on their way. They must have found you know tracks or traces and given obviously daryl's you know good at that kind of thing that it wasn't surprising that they would be able to to pick up on a trail um but what i thought was funny was 
Paula on the on the radio to Rick even called him. I think she said, "Hey, asshole." And and again, it was kind of funny because that's what Glenn said to Rick when over the radio when they first met. So yeah. I I just thought it was funny that every time somebody gets on a radio, they, they call Rick an asshole. And the other girl called him a smug yeah. prick too. She goes, Listen to that smug yeah. prick. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. They got Rick's number. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Well, I guess Paula didn't count on Rick having his own built-in Dixon to uh, to do some tracking for him because, yep, they're, they're, they're going to find him. I It's neat, though, that I do think Paula was – she was a smart character as far as figuring things out as far as what Rick was – I just – I, I kind of thought that she was going to figure out Carol's ruse, and she never really did until the very end of the episode, I guess. Like, I, I figured she would – at some point, see through the guys that she was putting on. See, I don't think it was a guy. So I think she was weaving in and out of a guys. I think I think it was like that was really Carol just breaking down for a minute. Well, I mean, in terms of what she was saying, yes, like there's some there's some emotional truth coming out yeah. of her. But in terms of the way she presented herself as a physical threat, I don't think she tapped into that. Okay, I see what you're saying. Which is why you know one lived and one didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then Carol was like sharpening the rosary on the on the on the cement and. Once I saw that happening, I go, okay, here we go. It, 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 Do we it, want to get to the, the escaping part of this episode now? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's where we began. Yeah, yeah so. It, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, obviously Carol sharp. Like, Carol's had enough of the conversation. She realizes what's going down, and she sharpens up the rosary and knifes her way out of the duct tape hand cuffs. And, uh. What happened? She quick. She gets. She, she gets out she gets of there. Maggie. She, she rescues oh, Maggie first. Yeah, she rescues Maggie. Oh, and the way the way this happens, I thought was kind of dumb. It's like, all right, let's leave all of them alone and go figure stuff out. Let's just conveniently leave a room. I didn't even know what's happening in Maggie's room. I just I forgot that like what was happening there. And he's like, oh, I guess she just left that room. Apparently, Chell. Chell well, left the room. Yeah, Paula got paranoid. Yeah. Like she got super paranoid, thinking that oh my god, they're right outside. They're here. I think I hear something. That must be them. Like she she got almost panicky uh and and it seemed a little out of character but i guess knowing what rick's group is capable of i guess she'd have reason to think that think for the worst but i think at that point she was like okay we need to put get an all hands on deck situation because these two are locked up they're not going anywhere i'm not too worried about them we need to be worried about what's coming in from the outside that's kind of how i took it but yeah it seemed a little um uh, it, it seemed a little and they're going to set those zombie traps. I mean, she didn't, yeah. didn't say it. They're going to say, "Hey, we're going to put zombies by the door." They just—that's what they were going to do. That's what—that was their plan. Cool yeah. zombie traps. I'll give it that. Yeah, <laughs> those are sweet <laughs> zombie traps idea. that did not pay off for one person, <laughs> but we'll get there. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So they uh, what uh, they freeze she, Maggie. She freeze Maggie. Maggie unleashes rage upon malls on uh, right? on malls. Yeah. Well, that, after they after they see that yeah. Donnie had already turned, they put like a rope around his um. Yeah, they bit the, the old, old Donnie Donnie trap. trap. Right, they yeah. rope around his belt, and they they tie him, and he actually takes down. Well, he gets Maul's arm at the very least, and then Maggie does yeah. unleash. But that yeah. was cool too. Like she she thinks, okay, I'm I'm not gonna kill him. Use I'm him. just gonna let him bleed out. And then she's like, oh, he's yep. already dead. Uh, so it's like Plan B. Yeah, he was already like turning. He heard the <gasps> heard that raspy yeah. Walker yeah. breath starting to come out of him. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was an easy way for them not to deal with killing yeah. that guy. <laughs> to, yeah. to one up uh, Rick and Glenn killing people in their sleep last week. They got they that's got a good point. That scenario. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, then they, so they set that trap. Uh, Balls gets bit. And then, uh, surprise, Maggie comes in and <laughs> does more to her. <laughs> and really, t- really takes her down. Then we got like camera POV shot and everything of Maggie's like just unleashed great. rage upon yeah, her. That was... Yeah. I do like, I thought Alicia Witt, probably best scene of the of the show from her, was when she walked back into that room where Carol was and saw that she was escaped. And the look on her face was just like horror, rage, surprise, fear. I mean, it was like, I don't know. She she pulled that off. Like, oh, Alicia Witt, you mean? I, mean, yeah. I, I, right. I was yeah. thinking of Malls yeah. when she walked in the room yeah, and she, she, goes, walked she in. goes, where are you, Magnolia? No, 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 no. <laughs> she goes, no, yeah. Paula, when she walked in, it was just like, I was like, man, that, that was pretty awesome. Then um, what? Chell gets back in there, and they, they uh, have their Maggie, scuffle. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, I see. Uh, we see the Walker trap at the door, and then Carol actually pulls a gun on Paula. She can shoot her, but instead, basically pulls a Morgan and says, "Hey, just just run, just go, please, just go." Like she tries to get her to run away, and then around the corner, yeah. Chell comes around and gets into a knife fight with Maggie, and then. Um, I think Carol. I think Carol. She wings Paula with a bullet. Kind of hits her in the arm or something. Or yeah, the shoulder she gets her in the or something arm. like that. Yeah, in the yeah. shoulder. But yeah. then yeah. Maggie, like we got. We, again, we have that little you know knife swath against the the stomach, and then once Carol sees that, takes down Chell with a headshot, and then we're back to uh, Carol and Paula again with the gun to the to them, and they're hesitating in in, in the hallway, uh, talking to each other. Then of course right. the walker gets loose because of course, yeah. So the, you know that we, we haven't mentioned this much, but there's a lot of like random like stray walkers <laughs> in this episode, like in the beginning and like st- and they just kind of, yeah. It is neat to see the saviors. They just kind of handily take care of them. Yeah. Like, there's never much of a there's there's not much hesitation. Like you see a, a number of times they just kind of walk up, stab them in the face, move on. Like it, it yeah. Once once again presents you know human being the bigger threat at this point in the series than the walkers. Seem well. To be. And and they mention they're like, well, I think one of them says, I thought we cleared this place out. And then somebody says, yeah, but that was like a month ago or something. Like They make it sound like at one mm-hmm. point it was clear, but obviously they haven't been here in a while and they've they've come That's back. That's the in. people that are still alive at this point in the apocalypse. The, they, they they have to be so it must be second nature to kill these these walkers. I mean, there's no other way around it. Anyone that survived up to this point has to be a trained killer or disposer. So this facility, then, if they cleared it out and the walkers came back in and reinfested, this place must have the same front door on it that the Star Labs has in the Flash. <laughs> Everybody gets in. People just walking in and out of that place. So Carol and yeah. Paula tussle again, and they are, 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 I mean, again, Carol had a second opportunity to shoot Paula right there, and doesn't, and doesn't. She. She run. keeps, you know, get telling away, her right. run, and, get away, and, and the the gun, and then finally she moves so close, of course, that uh, Paula makes a move. They wrestle. Carol, I mean, uh, ends up impaling Paula with one of the zombie traps, and then gets her face. Paula's face is eaten up, which yeah. which has her, yeah, just right next to a walker, and the walker just <laughs> rips her face off. And you you see it's ripped off because when she turns into a walk, when she's like a walker later on, you see gone. Her they just eat her face gone. all the way off. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like that's like of all the characters to get a horrible death. I, I mean, that was pretty rough. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Did you get, did you guys watch the Talking yeah. Dead? No. They yeah. It was cute. She she's like she loved it. She was like she was thrilled by that death. She goes that was a proper Walking Dead and they, death. And that they was really, just right. She's like she yeah. Was they really did it with it. prosthesis. Like 
she's like, yeah, it's kind of nerve wracking yeah. because I know they're professionals and I know there's a prosthetic, but somebody literally is putting their teeth on my face and ripping it off. So uh, it was cool. They kind of showed the prosthetic that was on her before uh, the scene, you know, where you can kind of see where it was glued down and stuff. And, and, uh, and she's like, yeah, it was like two gallons of blood just running down, <laughs> running down the front of me. Uh, yeah. I thought it was cute to sh- how she shared the story of how she actually got cast. Like she said that, uh, what is it, Gimple started following her on Twitter and they started just direct messaging on Twitter. And then that's, she goes, okay, yeah, I'll come on. Like it was yeah. just, that's how it happens, I guess, sometimes. But cool. Good for us. She's a good actress. Agreed. She's had a, she's had pretty big roles lately of just playing rough and tumble, like really rough, uh, characters lately. I don't know if you saw her stint on Justified, but she was on. Yeah, she was on a season of Justified, and it was the same thing. She just yeah, she's a good character. Yeah, really, say I enjoy when she pops up. And yeah, things. yeah, yeah. And then we get to Rick coming in. Well, Glenn beats down the door, and you know uh, Maggie runs into him and says, "Look, we killed everybody. Everybody's dead that's in here. We we, we took care of it." And um, and Daryl gives the hug to to Carol, which was real nice. And uh, she says she's not okay, and he gives her a nice big hug. And Rick <laughs> makes an ultimatum with Primo and says, hey, look, man, your people are dead. You want to tell us what, what's going on? You want to tell us who's Negan? And he smiles and goes, <laughs> I'm Negan. He, and, and Rick's not impressed and basically shoots him in the head. That was that was a very cool scene. <laughs> yeah. Well, to back up a little bit, when, when the rest of the Savior's crew comes, they are able to kind of uh... – funnel them into that room with where they poured the gas. And then Carol takes uh, the lighter, lights up a cigarette and tosses it, tosses the cigarette in and they lock them in and, and burn them alive. Um, And and didn't they smell gas? Like even like I heard them saying it's slick. Be careful guys. Like didn't they say, Hey, that's gasoline on the floor. Like they didn't even, they said like, they said like this door's locked. Yeah. Then they shut the door on her. Yeah. Oh boy. That was rough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was like it was, it was like four or five guys, guys right in there. It was, yeah, but I was like, I was curious guys? what okay. the plan was. Like, are they just gonna like shoot them from behind? So, like, oh, they got a whole. That's pretty vicious. No, <laughs> I knew once she was purposely like lighting up the cigarette and had the lighter. I'm like, oh, she's gonna burn somebody down. Like, they're it was so deliberate the way they <laughs> uh, they did that. But but again, you know, Carol. Once she makes that move, like once she escapes, it's like, okay, it's off. Like back to the old, you know, back to the Carol, you know, last season Carol, uh, and, and just full, full force. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, I mean, when Rick, when they, when Rick and the gang get there, you kind of see a sense of remorse on their face as far as like, hey, we just had to go through something horrible, but we got it done. Yeah. And so I wouldn't say yeah. Carol's like, you know, I would say she's back to full strength as far as like I'm just the the no nonsense. No, no, burn, no. I'm going to burn bodies when nobody's looking badass. No, no, no. But no, at no, the no. same time, yeah, I do think there'll be a an understanding of what she's doing more, if that makes sense. Or like she probably she'll probably still kill, yeah. but there'll be a little maybe a little less of um, non emotion to go with it. No, yeah, absolutely. Which is absolutely. what you'd hope Morgan would strive to, I guess, eventually, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah. In this world, obviously, I'm not justifying, like, it's okay, because they're bad. Like, murder anybody. It's a TV show, so I'm trying to speak in terms of the characters on this TV show. Sure. sure. <laughs> why, why is Carol having this crisis? I'm sure we're going to find out next week, because it seems like there's more of this coming. But 
Is it is it really well, Morgan's? I, I think to boil philosophy? it down to something, Sam. Uh, <laughs> I think I think it. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. I think it's a long time coming as far as the stuff she's been doing over the course of these seasons. That she's become more of a you know hardened killer, but a combination of what she was battling with Morgan over in a psychological sense, mixed with the kind of there's this little boy that I became somewhat close to that, like I think Russ, you brought up last week, resembles my daughter to a degree in terms of like, here's an innocent that I can shape in some way. And she lost that. And so I think it's, it's finally getting to her now that she's in a place where she's not constantly having to fight her way out of every situation because they're in Alexandria, which is a much more peaceful town where she can make cookies. She has some time to think about the things she's done and it's getting to her. She's made a graveyard. Yeah. I get, and, and yeah. No, I, I, she's I had a graveyard. Of, she's she's said, I, I uh, 20, that 20 kills of Morgan's... this week, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and 23, I guess, if you count the uh, yeah. burned bodies of the people that she just... Uh, yeah, the, the burned guys. I mean, I think it's it's mm-hmm. just you can only go so long acting that way and carrying yourself that way. And two, look at what was going on when she, when she took that road, right? She was at her loneliest i mean you know some of that was when she was on her own um you know she took the bodies out you know was it karen and david she she took out and and burned um right and and did that and that was kind of a a a thing she had to to shoulder herself you know she did that on her own then when she got bounced out um you know the way she kind of got back in with the group was just being you know the lone badass and i think it's just you know Maybe, maybe to some degree, her acting that way and carrying herself that way is, you know, just, just, it's, it's the solo journey, right? It's not the member of a community and, and being a part of it. And, and, you know, again, look at Morgan. He kind of went through the same thing, you know, when he was kind of on his journey before he met, um, Eastman. Yeah. When he, before he met him, same kind of thing and kind of came out of it changed and realized that, you know, he needed to be a part of something and to, you know, to kind of be a more at peace with himself because, you know, ultimately I think some of these people are starting to think it's like, if you lose yourself, then what's the point? Like, what, what are you living for? If, if the only thing you live every day is to get up and, and murder people, um, all, you, you know, all that, all that aside, I don't know what, what Tobin's intentions are for Carol, but I think we all collectively went ah when Daryl hugged her, right? Oh sure, sure. <laughs> oh yeah, that oh, was yeah. a nice like that was a nice yeah, little moment. Everyone's been shipping that. Well, I mean, regardless yeah. of it, there's no. I, I'm not. You know, I don't think there's any implication of like, oh, that romance is coming back or whatever or whatever. But at the same time, <laughs> it's like, you know what? I, these characters are so like strong as far as like the relationship between them goes. Specifically, it's like I get it right there. It's like, yeah, you were worried about that girl that you like. I mean, it's like okay, sorry, woman. Sorry, sorry, women listeners that are like listening. Right. We call right. her a girl. <laughs> <Woman>. <laughs> Habit. Aaron at WDTVpodcast.com. I say, bo- I say no. boys. <laughs> but I mean, that was a nice like, hey, okay. <laughs> and it's same with like Glenn and Maggie, obviously. You know, the, the two of them are like kindred spirits at this point. It's like, oh, good. Okay. Yeah. They've no, been I, through a lot. They've been through a lot. I mean, really. So it's it, it makes sense. And of course, we could, you know, there's a lack of Rick in this episode, but the, the producers can't go a week without having Rick shoot somebody in the face. So we got one of those again. Too. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. okay with that. <laughs> Boy, did yeah. he get it? <laughs> Primo made the worst decision possible <laughs> by saying, "I'm Negan." Yes. And Rick's like, "Well, you're yeah. dead now. <laughs> you're then you're dead." Yes. I'm, I'm sorry it came to this. <laughs> That's it. 
<laughs> now, obviously, we know Rick doesn't and, believe him, right? I don't think we're—I don't think he was confused by this. He just kind of is like, "This guy's not going to talk." No, like, I, no, man, I, I didn't think it was Negan. Man, right. I almost wish there was somebody else there, and Rick could have just said, "So, anybody else want to be Negan?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would have been amazing. <laughs> man, that would have been a way to end it. The- or if he turned to the camera and said, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> so that is that. And then the, the last image is uh, Carol like gripping that um, the rosary very intensely, rosary. bleeding from her hands to the point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And again, penance. You know, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, if sticking with the you know that theme, uh, you know, kind of flagellation, whatever you want to call it, penance. Uh, you know, just kind of you know her, her way of you know kind of helping relieve maybe some of the guilt for for the things that she's done it, it'll be i I'm, I'm more interested in the carol now based off of the relationship between her and morgan i i i I'm ha- i mean obviously they hinted at it last week where like morgan and her are talking again and not getting into silly fights about things so i i'm yeah. more I'm, I'm curious to see her back in alexandria dealing with morgan now and like what kind of if they come to terms in some way or even team up in some which where I'm, sure, I'm assuming we all kind of, I think we all wanted that to begin with, right? But when Morgan first entered, it's like, these two badasses can get together. It'll be amazing. And then we realize that Morgan yeah. has some issues with being as, the amount of badassery that he wants to actually do. <laughs> but um, now yeah. that they're somewhat closer to the same page, I feel like their discussions will be more interesting. So I look forward to seeing where that goes. Yeah. Any uh, prediction? Do you think Morgan's going to pull away from the extreme pacifist and maybe... I kind of I, I, temper it with I'll do what needs to be done and nothing more. I feel like the show's done a fine job of setting up multiple characters that could die. <laughs> so it's like it's it's hard to have an exact <laughs> prediction on like what's going to happen with what because I feel like if Negan does something terrible to somebody that's not Morgan, then maybe Morgan would lighten up as far as the pacifism goes to deal with this kind of issue that's presented itself. At the same time, <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe Morgan's one of the people that like doesn't make it out the end of the season i wouldn't be a fan of that but you know we'll see especially you know having been gone for so long it's suddenly he's end of the season and then he's like taken away from us it's like well that sucks <laughs> it's uh it'll be neat to see what the development is based off um, an understanding that someone that's more closer to what he's thinking like carol can bring to the table as opposed to like rick who's just like morgan i'll hear you out but i don't care what you have to say that kind of attitude <laughs> I mean, right. Lenny James is a pretty serious actor. I don't see him staying on forever, I guess. But maybe maybe he will. I mean, I would like to see more of him. I would like to see Morgan turn from this pacifist way into a complete psycho killer. You know, go through the full, the full 180. I mean, maybe next season or the season after, if we're so lucky. Hopefully we are. Um, so before we continue on with our Buster ratings, I'd like to take a minute and talk about our sponsor, DCBService.com. That's Discount Comic Book Service, uh, where you could find your comics, trade paperbacks, graphic novels, hardcovers, all kinds of collectibles at cheap, cheap, cheap discounts or very good discounts. Uh, 10, 20, 25, 30, 50% off um, and a very uh, and occasionally, uh, num- new number ones at 75% off if you're lucky. Um, 
But there's plenty of Walking Dead-related items for fans of The Walking Dead if you're not into the comics. Uh, one of the things I noticed uh, that we didn't talk about in last month or the month before is Eagle Moss, which is a company, a British company. If you're not familiar with them, they make these really cool lead figurines. They've been mostly focused around the comics and Star Wars and uh, Star Trek and things like that. Come with a little magazine. Uh, it's really the, they kind of promote it really as the magazine and then you get the figure. But they've started a series on The Walking Dead. Uh, and you could pre-order that um, this month. They do two a month uh, that they solicit. And this month is The Water Walker uh, and Sasha. Those are the two for this month. And that's magazine numbers 9 and 10. Uh, so I'm not sure how many they're going to do of these, but every month there'll be two more to solicit. So you can pick those up and those are 25% off. So instead of paying $20 for these really, really cool little um, metal figurines with, like I said, the, the magazine that comes with it is a pretty good description of each character that they go through and a lot of little facts and tidbits and stuff like that. Uh, you can pick it up for $14.96. Uh, so that's some cool new Walking Dead related stuff if you're so inclined um, as well as, again, trade paperbacks and the regular monthly comics that come out for a steep discount. Um, and if you want to get caught up on the old stuff, you can head on over to InStockTrades.com where you can find great steep discounts on all The Walking Dead, trade paperbacks, hardcovers, omnibuy, uh, compendiums, however you like it, they got it over there. Um, and if you place a minimum of $50 order, your shipping is free. Um, they are great folks to do business with. Um Fantastic customer service. Your stuff comes uh, very, very nicely packed. Um, things just don't get damaged. Uh, like I said before, I find I get better packaging and delivery than I do from Amazon. Um, so some of you may not be surprised by that, but um, it is always nice to order from there and know that my hardcovers aren't going to be all dinged up or the corners mashed. Uh, so definitely check them out at dcbservice.com and instocktrades.com. And we thank... Discount Comic Book Service for their support of the Walking Dead TV podcast. So, Busters. Craig, you go first. Sure. I'll give it a 3.75 Busters. Uh, it was definitely a solid 3.5 until the end of the action, and then Rick came in and has just, just sewed it up for me. So, 3.75. It was definitely a bottle episode, as I said. It was designed to contain the budget and keep it a smaller story, especially after the intense action and expense that was spent on last week's episode, it kind of makes sense to slow things down a little bit, although it didn't feel slow. I, the acting was superb. I can see Alicia Witt go all day, mano a mano, with either uh, you know Carol or Maggie. I think it was a very good script, a good episode. It could have been a lot worse, and it could have felt a lot slower if we had worse acting and bad writing, and we've seen that before, that clunky handling on The Walking Dead. This really didn't feel clunky at all. It felt good. It did take us out of the action a bit, but I guess it needed to. Again, solid episode, 3.75. I uh, Since, since, since I don't do quarters, I'm sticking with 3.5, um, but it's not a too much of a fault on the episode's core stuff because I like the Carol stuff a lot. I think it does really well for the show. I think Alicia Witt's interactions with her were very effective. I, uh, you know, I had some problems with the the other characters just because they seemed a little too cartoony for me. But as far as getting a kind of a scaled back episode compared to some of the more grander episodes, such as last week, I, I thought this one did a good job for the most part of kind of having some interesting things to go over. Again, involving Carol mainly. And then, yeah, the end obviously ratcheted things up and was quite effective as well. So, yeah, three and a half busters. Uh, I give it a four. I, I, 
you know, I thought that the episode itself was was pretty good. I just thought the character interaction stuff between Alicia Witt and uh, Melissa McBride were just top notch. And that's what really made the episode. And, um, you know, I, I honestly think if it wasn't for some of the the silly secondary characters like uh, we we're talking about and specifically what you mentioned, uh, Aaron, I think it probably would have scored a lot higher. Uh, but I just kind of like that psychological play between characters and, you know, when, when you can't, when you're trying to guess at the, at the motivations behind a certain, behind a, a particular character, uh, those are always, uh, interesting episodes to me. So I, I, I liked it quite a bit. All right. So now that we got our busters out of the way, what did the Facebook audience have to say? We have a great Facebook group, first of all. Uh, actually, we have, what, over 100, I'm sorry, 736 members. That's nine new members this week. So the group keeps growing. Thank you. And every week they leave their Buster ratings in a post that we set up each week. So uh, thank you to all those people that have joined. And let's go to our, our Buster ratings. Susan Monk said, 4.5, we are all Negans out of five. That fight in the hallway between Carol and Paula made me pretty nervous with all the sharp objects and grabby walkers too close for comfort. Our group has earned a spa day if they can make it back home safely. Uh, Brent Jones has 3.8. Cold, calculated carols out of five. Liked it, but it felt like it drug on at times. Enjoying the bits and pieces. We're learning about Negan. He's going to be super pissed. Carl Hooker gives it four and a half flaming saviors out of five. Two of my fave characters working their magic in their own way. Melissa McBride is killing it on this show. Too bad Alicia Witt got posted on Facebook or... Would that be face bit? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, great death, though. Who will Negan? Who will Negan take this out on? Lori Carmichael Howell. Four sharpened rosaries out of five. Like the mostly all women episode. Nice change for the show. Melissa McBride was on fire. Carol was so complex and nuanced. Love the Carol Daryl moment at the end. We all did. Interesting with the we are all Negan. Can't wait to see how this will play out. Uh, Tarek writes, I give this one three Unleash the Carols out of five. This has been my least favorite episode of the season. The captors were the least the captors were the least interesting characters in a long t- while. I did not care about them. Carol saved the day for this episode. David B. the third, four point six happy secretary's day out of five. <laughs> Paula uh, Carol kept me on the edge of my seat wondering if she was playing them or had really gone soft. Mike Jones, 3.5 premium unleaded cans out of five. This was a solid five until Carol and Maggie were suddenly left alone, and then it fell off the tracks. The tension between Paul and Carol was great, but what a waste to kill her off so fast. I agree. It was like two episodes for me. Uh, front half of the episode was amazing, but the back half was sloppy. A great ending, but too many holes. Max Sofer writes, three cups of coffee out of five. This episode was awesome until it wasn't. Carol and Maggie were great all the way through, but what was a really tight episode, what was a really tight episode fell off the rails when this overly cautious group just decided to leave the room out of nowhere. Dre Irvin, five. I know I always want to give fives out of five. This episode was incredible from start to finish. I feel like the like our group was clearly just better than theirs. I could really feel the pure torment Carol was facing through, as well as Maggie becoming a cold stone mama bear. A-plus acting from everyone. Karen Shy, four rosaries out of five. It was slow at first, but still completely tense. I like the questions it presented. Uh, Carol's slow unraveling. Is she or is she not pretending? Shell telling Maggie, you're not the good guys, uh, etc. Cheered on Carol and Maggie's killings at the end. Thought-provoking episode. Lastly, is Maggie the new killer Carol? Robert writes, four, did you start a fire out of five? Um... 
I want to watch this again for the nuances, but my two main observations are, I think Carol is half-acting and half-serious, caught up in her act as, I tr- as it triggered her actual feelings, regrets lately, that added to added as much to the episode's tension as anything, and it was extremely interesting to me seeing our group up against people most likely as capable and ruthless as themselves. That particular confrontation could have seriously gone either way. Charrington, 3.75, Negan's going to be so angry out of five. Episode started off quite slow, but ramped up at the end. Carol needs to speak to Father Gabriel. He's losing his faith, and she's finding hers. And finally, Rob Cook, 4.5, smoking kills messages out of five. This was another intense episode. A slow burner, haha, until the last third when it all goes fully auto bad. Our heroes are no longer the good guys. Carol's going to need some serious therapy, and I'm glad I don't have a crazy PA like Paula. (laughs) Okay, so those are all the... Uh, excellent Facebook reviews. We got the the Buster ratings. Um, I encourage everybody to go check that out. You could look up Walking Dead TV podcast on Facebook or go to facebook.com slash groups slash WDTV podcast. Um, really appreciate everybody's enthusiasm there. Um, I I wanted to call, not call out, but uh, but call attention to uh, Karen <laughs> She in our Facebook awesome. group. Uh, actually, actually had a post of uh, sliced up beets and cookies on a cooking sheet. She attempted to to cook uh, Carol's beet cookies, her beets by Carol. Um, and, and you and, see her hashtag? Uh, Did you see her? So, it said hashtag look at the flower. Like, Lizzie, look at the flowers. Yeah, look at the flower. Like, you get, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was cute. So somebody asked, you know, how were they? And she said, I didn't follow this recipe to a T, so they turned out more fluffy than <laughs> chewy, as per <laughs> Eugene. <laughs> I used cashew instead of acorn flour. My friends said they tasted like carrot cake. Yeah. That's so cool. Not bad. That's so cool. But definitely a Oh, for that's effort. great. We have such great listeners and great members of the group. If you listen to the show but you're not a member of the podcast group, you really should just get in. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WDTV podcast. Just hit join. We'll get you in very quickly. It doesn't take long to get in. It takes just as soon as one of us can basically go on and get you in, you're in. And it's a lot of fun. It's interactive. And just check us out. I should add my I write my written my written reviews of the episode every week as well as the young folks which I always post at the uh, Walking Dead uh, group page and um, yeah uh, actually I even mentioned recently that uh, there may be some delay in my reviews but actually it seems like things have been altered where now I can publish whenever I'm ready and so I am happy to get those up as soon as possible which is generally pretty late at night <laughs> yeah it's like the review yeah. is up before nice. dawn it's like it's already the re- episode airs the next day it's already up it's pretty yeah, pretty so, good pretty fast yeah. Great reviews, by the way, Aaron. Actually, if, cool, if you cool. haven't re- read Aaron's reviews, they're really very good and very funny, actually, most of the time. Appreciate it. I should also add um, a few. Well, you like The Walking Dead, obviously, you're writing about the show. This show that has nothing to do with that, but there's a show The Americans comes back this week, and uh, that's a show that oh, I can't wait. Of, I, I, I cover that as well on theyoungfolks.com. It has very little to do with zombies, but I just want to point out if you happen to enjoy some of the things that I'm writing, that's another one that I also write about, but I, obviously I'm not going to post it on the Facebook page. <laughs> Commies, not zombies, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that is such an awesome show. Oh, man, I love it. I have a thing for 80s nostalgia, obviously, if you can't tell. Talking about Halt and Catch Fire. Come to Jersey. I'll take you for a ride in my kick car anytime, baby. Mm -hmm. Russ always wears his Truffle Shuffle t-shirt when doing this podcast, by the way. Oh. With my members only jacket. (laughs) And you have your Eugene mullet. You got the the mullet going on? No, but uh, so little – okay, so 
do a little bit of spoiler for the next episode. So if you want to, if you don't want to hear this forward, like two, two minutes, but did you see uh, in the little yeah, snippets for I next episode? It. No more mullet. It's gone. It's, it's like, gone. it's trimmed. I shouldn't say it's gone. It looks well trimmed. Like it's cut back quite a bit. Yeah. It looked like it was gone. Uh, it's like, it's like he's losing his Too power. Funny. He's like, he's losing. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's gaining his warrior power. Or yeah, gaining some. Becoming a warrior. Yeah. Uh, so, in addition to checking out Aaron's reviews that he posts up on the Facebook uh, page and at theyoungfolks.com, uh, you could check out Craig over at uh, the Auto Chat Show. You can look that up yes, on sir. iTunes. Um, and yeah, and on this very uh, website where you pick up this podcast, hhwlod.com, you can find uh, m- the podcast I do. Uh, it's All Connected, which is the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. You can find. Uh, Jim Dietz DC TV podcast uh, that that is also out weekly. If you love movies uh, and if you watch The Walking Dead, you probably love movies. Uh, definitely check out Out Now with Aaron and Abe as well. Uh, some of us aren't lucky enough to see every movie as it comes out every week, but uh, we live vicariously through. You, you'd Aaron. certainly get the lowdown on what we thought of them <laughs> on a weekly basis on our silly show yeah. that we keep going. <laughs> All right, so this so is our, this, you, like, this, is this is our fifth year doing the show, by the way, guys. Wow. I'd, um, on the we're out now. Yeah. We started back in 2011, so it's great. How many episodes and, and do you have this, in the can? Like over 200, right? What do you have? Uh, we we are at officially 232. 232. If okay. count, if we count the bonuses and the commentaries we do, we're like well over 300. Oh, well, you're not even counting those. Those yeah. are those are episodes, as far as I'm concerned. We, I mean, it's not a movie Abe, review, Abe, but it's well, yeah. But Abe and I, Abe and I are very strict about our episodic numbering. So oh, for some okay. reason, all right. <laughs> for some reason, we're at 232, even though we have way over 300 episodes. <laughs> that's that's great gotta stay consistent uh yeah so definitely check out all those podcasts that all of us collectively participate in or run ourselves um so until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth remember smoking kills especially when carol's around good night good night everybody I was okay. just like, I don't know what the hell Russ is talking about right now. <laughs> I'm yeah. like way off the rails. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, er, I'm gonna cut all that. <laughs> okay. Uh, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something. Um, blah, blah.